You're listening to a message provided by Antioch Bible Baptist Church in Gladstone, Missouri. We intend this to be a helpful resource to you as you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. This is intended especially for those who are unable to attend our worship gatherings and therefore were unable to hear the teaching of God's Word. This should not replace your gathering with our church as a member. If you're checking us out for the first time and are looking for a church to visit, we hope that you enjoy this content and that it impacts you personally. Thanks for listening. So the pastor asked me to talk to you about why faith promise offerings are important. And uh, faith promise offerings are offerings that have a long history, really, even though maybe in the last 20 years they've been popularized in our churches. Uh, because uh, even the early churches promised an offering. It was a relief offering for the poor saints in Jerusalem. They had undergone persecution, many of them imprisonment. Some had been put to death. Even leaders of the church were, were assassinated. They were murdered. They, uh, they suffered all kinds of things. Christianity has suffered. Christ himself suffered on the cross. And he suffered even when he, he suffered our faithlessness when he was here ministering. And there is suffering because built in to us uh, proclaiming the good news of God. That he has had a plan to save mankind, to redeem mankind on this earth from the very beginning, even before the beginning. He had his plan. One missions professor used to go into his uh, classroom and he'd ask the students, is there anything that the Bible is all about? He'd wait a few seconds. And then he would say, what is the Bible all about? And we know that the Bible has uh, archaeology, history. It has... Uh, it has literature, it has prophecy, it has many things. But the professor would take everybody to Luke chapter 24, where Jesus, on the road to Emmaus, took these two disciples aside and said, Oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have written in the scriptures. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to rise from the dead. So the Bible is all about the redemption of mankind on this earth. Through the suffering, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is a wonderful message. But there's opposition to it. There's satanic opposition to God's plan. There was in the Garden of Eden, as you know. There has been ever since. We were reminded this morning to put on the whole armor of God. That we may be able to withstand the assault on this good news of God. So we're, we're in a struggle. That's true. Uh, and the early church was in that struggle early on. And they were impoverished, many of them, because of it. And they were scattered to different places. They became displaced people in the first century. 
And so an offering was being promised by different churches to help them. So a faith promise offering is not a new thing. It's really an old thing, but we have kind of tweaked it over the years. And a faith promise offering is really a joy to participate in. It involves faith and it involves prayer. A lot of times you have to pray for your missions office. And I want to go over just a few things real quick in the next slide here. What is a faith promise? It is not the tithe. 10% belongs to the Lord. The Bible says the, the tithe is the Lord's. So we give that to him uh, and he stretches our dollars, doesn't he? Makes 90% go further than the 100% would go because he blesses our obedience. It's not a cash offering. What it is, thirdly, is it is a promise to give by faith an offering as God provides. And that's where we get involved with faith, uh, trusting God to provide it. In the next slide here, there's several ways that he can provide. God provides grace to give what you have. Uh, I love that passage in 2 Corinthians 8 when it talks about the Macedonian churches. There's about six or seven churches in Macedonia. And all of them, uh, the grace of God was poured out upon those churches. And they gave they gave out of poverty. They gave when they were under persecution. They, were, they gave when they were enduring afflictions. They gave during a pandemic. <laughs> if you, yes, they did. So God might reduce your expenses. Uh, thirdly, he might uh, provide more income for you. A lot of times people have experienced that. Uh, that uh, they've made a promise uh, at the church to give an offering for missions. And God increased their their uh, income the very next week. Now, I can't promise you that that will happen, but it has happened. But God could provide your faith promise in an unexpected way. He could provide the whole enchilada at once. And he has done that many times for people. Uh, so so this, is, this is how it works. Now, let's go to the next slide. And we want to take uh, a look at some of the reasons uh, why giving is important. I'd like to invite your attention to uh, the book of James chapter 2 and verse 14 through 20. We may not read it all, but uh, James is the pastor of the first church at Jerusalem. And as a communicator, he's very practical, sometimes even blunt. And he says that if you claim to have faith, you need to prove it by the things you do. If you believe that missions is important, then you will, uh, you will think carefully about a faith promise offering. He says in verse 14, What does it profit, my brethren, if some say he has faith, but does not have works? Can that kind of faith save him? For example, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So the, the, the faith promise offering is doing just what James is suggesting. It is, uh, it is meeting urgent physical needs. Uh, we believe that God, there is a God. Uh, we believe that God has a plan of salvation. We believe that all men are lost without Christ. We believe that. Uh, we believe that the destiny of men without Christ 
are in an eternal hell, which is so difficult for us to grasp and even to accept. Every time uh, I've ever preached on the subject of hell, I've had to reread the Bible and re-believe what Jesus himself has said about it. And some of these things are hard, but they're what has been written in the scriptures. And we believe these things. But if we believe them, it ought to do something to our behavior. We ought to respond. Uh, I think it was George Peters in his uh, great theology book on missions who said that uh, uh, what we believe about God and about Christ and about salvation, about the lostness of mankind, these truths, if we really believe these things, it will drive the sincere and honest man to drastic action. We're going to do something about it. So that's what a faith promise offering is. We see the needs of people and we want to help them. And we see their most urgent need is the gospel of Jesus Christ because there's an eternity they're going to face. And so we want uh, to help them with that. So we, so we send missionaries. So we, so we send money. Uh, I remember uh, there in, in, in Lebanon, we were working with the displaced Syrians and Iraqis. And we would use some of your faith promise missions money uh, uh, and uh, to winterize these people. Uh, many of them who lived in, uh, in little bitty one-room shacks made out of cardboard. We bought mattresses and blankets and stoves and bottled gas and provided them a medical kit. We selected nine of the poorest of the poor among these displaced people and provided them foodstuffs we hoped would last for uh, a month. And so our faith in God's providential leading and the blessings that he has given us, a faith promise offering is just a little blip. <laughs> it's just a little evidence that we really believe God's word, and we can really see the world's needs. So when we see this world in light of the world, in light of the word, it drives us to drastic action. So we have helped the people in Lebanon, and uh, we left there a, a little church and a refugee center that is still ongoing. Over it, it's it's uh, it's directed by a, a local church there. So, we uh, prove the sincerity of our faith when we, when we give a faith promise offering. Secondly, we show the love of God. Turn to 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. Love is sacrificial. And we, also, we ought also to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whosoever has this world's goods and sees his brother indeed and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Giving to urgent needs demonstrates God's love. Let me give you an example real quick if I can. While we were in uh, Turkey, working among the displaced, uh, we had a young man there. I'm going to call him Ali. He had come to Christ. He's from a Middle Eastern country. And he, was, uh, he wanted to share his faith. So he filled his backpack with tracts and New Testaments. And he went out and talked to people every day. 
He was a refugee, so he didn't have a job, and he could do this every day. So he committed himself to evangelize every day. Ali didn't have a job, so I talked to him about it, and I said, maybe you need a little income, so why don't we create a job for you to feed other refugees? So I used some of your faith promised uh, promise dollars to uh, open up a kitchen, and he and a helper that he, he got would cook the meals, and they'd put them in these little plastic uh, boxes, and he would take them out and give them away free with a gospel tract or with a New Testament. And he would talk to people about the Lord, just a little meal. So it helped him, and then, of course, he was able to bless others. So he goes out to this park, and in the park are five men who were AWOL. They were, they were uh, fighters in the country of Syria. They were actually mercenary fighters. And so they were in this park. They had run away from the battlefield, and I'll explain why in a moment. But they are in, uh, they're in Turkey, and they're in this park, uh, eking out of an existence. So a little backstory. I found out later that this, this I'm going to call him Hassan, in the park. Uh, he was uh, the leader of, a, of six others that were there. Hassan said, I prayed to Allah. Because you're the most merciful and you're the most beneficent, please give us food. And he went to the mosque and tried to get some help, and they couldn't help him. So he kept on praying. And the uh, Muslims highly revered Jesus. He's mentioned 93 times in the Quran. So he began to pray in Jesus' name. And he said, Jesus, I know that you're a great prophet. Please give me something to eat. And about that time, Ali taps Hassan on the shoulder. And he has one of these little boxes of food. And he gave him the food, he gave him a track, he gave him the name of our church uh, that was there in Istanbul and a phone number. And uh, later that day, he called the phone number and he says, can I come to the church and thank the people that have given me this meal? And he came. He came for several weeks in a row. And one day he walks in and he says, uh, Mr. Ken, we would like to be Christians. Now I said, well, why would you want to do that? And he said, because we left a battlefield where Muslim was killing Muslim. And there's so much hatred. And there's so much killing going on among our people. He said, I come to your Christian church and I come and see you, you believers, you Christian believers, and you love one another. And Jesus taught us, didn't he? They'll know you're my disciples when they see how you love one another. And you loved us and provided us uh, meals. We want to be Christians. And I said, okay. But I didn't, uh, I didn't do any, I didn't sign them up that day. Because I want to make sure they hear the gospel right. That they understand who Jesus is. That they understand what the Bible says. That they understand the lostness of their soul and their great need for the Savior. And so I just said, you come back and you listen to the teaching of the Bible. So they came back and they came back about four weeks. And he came in on the fourth week and he said, Mr. Kid, aren't you going to let us be Christians? And I said, well, I think maybe, maybe you're ready by now. So we sat down and we went over the gospel, the plan of salvation. We went over their need of a new birth, over their need of the Savior. And he received Christ into his heart. And I says, now, uh, Hassan, you're going to have to change your clothes. He was in fatigues still. And I said, you're going to have to change your clothes because you're a target. And uh, he said, okay. He came back the next day in effervescent shorts and top. 
It was amazing, the transformation. So I said, look, uh, that's not exactly what I had in mind, but, but it's okay. And he said, now, Mr. Ken, I got to tell you something. What's that? He said, now that you made me a Christian, I didn't make him a Christian. The Lord saved him. I said, he said, now that you made me a Christian, they're going to kill me. And I said, that's not a good thing. We're going to have to do something about that. He said, there's something else. What's that? They're going to kill you too because you made me a Christian. So uh, I said, we got to get you out of here. <laughs> and we did. Bought him a bus ticket with your faith promise mission offering and sent him back to his country of birth where he had a wife and a baby waiting. I said, when you get there, call me. About five days later, I got a call. Mr. Ken, I'm here. Click. And he hung up. Didn't want his, his call to be traced. But isn't it wonderful what faith promised dollars can do? And that's the reason why we give. It's important that we give so that people can see the love of God. Thirdly, Faith promise giving is important because it blesses us. Acts chapter 20 and verse 15. Paul said, as he's lifting up his hands to the, to the people that he was with, he says, these hands have labored. And I've provided for myself and for those who've been with me on my preaching tours. But he said, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this, that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. More blessed to give than it is to receive. Now, these words of Jesus are not found in the Gospels. But Paul the Apostle knew them, and they were probably well known among believers. But Paul wanted to put them in, 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 in his writing. He wanted to make sure everybody knew that this was his life. I think Paul the Apostle might have been one of the happiest people in the world because of, of giving. And what a joy it is to give. It's, it's such a blessing to be able to give. We give because we can. We give because we should. We give because we must. Uh, when we know the Lord. And so Paul the Apostle says, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I remember David Jeremiah saying that if you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. If you want happiness for a year, buy a house. But if you want happiness for a lifetime, look for somebody to help. I would say if you want happiness for a year, give a faith promise offering. Because giving a faith promise offering is going to make you happy. It's going to fill you with joy as you see how God supplies what you promise by faith. As you see him work in your life, as you see unusual things take place, as you see God working and you're praying and he's answering your prayers. It's a wonderful thing because it blesses us. Uh, I don't know why it is when the people look so serious when the offering plate is passed. Uh, because uh, it's really more blessed to give. And I would say, uh, give while, while you're still alive, because at least you know where it's going. Amen? <laughs> uh, give give to, to God, and he will give back to you. In the, in the book of Luke, chapter 6 and verse 38, we uh, know that Jesus taught that if we give, it will be given unto us. Good measure, shaken down, running over. 
shall men give unto your bosom. So we, we give to God with, with our shovel. God gives back with his shovel, which is bigger. And it always blesses us to give. It's more fulfilling. It's more rewarding. It's a great blessing to give. It'll bless your family. It will increase your finances, as we have suggested. Uh, My father's giving to Faith Promise was an inspiration to me. His Faith Promise offering uh, was more than his tithe for many years. When he retired at 86 from full-time ministry, I'm, I'm not suggesting you wait till then, uh, my dad was, uh, he was, uh, he was working with me in a church, uh, and he was on um, full-time ministry. He was teaching our senior citizens class, but, but, but he was such a blessing. And uh, I, I never knew my dad to want anything he couldn't get. Even on his fixed salary later, after his, after his retirement at 86, on a fixed salary, I think it was like $500 a month, he continued to give to missions. And I never knew him to want anything he couldn't get. When he, when he left and went home to glory, to his rewards, he left my mom with more than enough to take care of her. And not only that, but mom even told us that dad had some extra money in the freezer in case of emergency. He called it his cold cash. And we went in there and there was $10,000 in the freezer. I don't know how in the world he was ever able to gather that much money with, the, with the, the fixed income he had. But I do know how. Because he trusted God. And he blessed. He was blessed because he gave. And God just blessed him with more and more. Now sometimes it's not going to be money. Sometimes God will bless you with health. Sometimes he will bless you in different ways. But be assured... He will bless your giving. He blesses it. And then lastly, uh, we bless others when we give a faith promise offering. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7 and you'll read. So let each one of us as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. God will give you. Uh, he will take anything you're giving, but, but he really loves to take it when you give it cheerfully. And God is glorified. It, it, this, it's remarkable what happened in 2 Corinthians 9. If you'll go over there with me, let's just look at a, a couple of passages. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 8. First of all, moreover, brethren, we make known unto you the grace of God uh, that was bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy... And their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, even beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Can you imagine that? People begging a Baptist preacher to take their money. That's hard to imagine. But they're imploring. And I'm sure Paul was resisting and saying to them, look, you're under affliction. You're in a pandemic. You are impoverished, impoverished yourselves. Why should you give and others? Uh, why should you be burdened and others be free? Uh, let, let others who are in a better s- state of affairs give. And they implored them. 
implored him with much emergency. I love these words, these descriptive words that Paul uses in this passage. With much emergency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And not only as we hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. There it is. That's the bottom line. They first gave themselves. I'm reminded of the, the story of Maya, who was a nurse in Thailand, up, way up in the mountains. She was trained in uh, the, the, the capital city as a nurse. She could have gone anywhere she wanted to go, made uh, lots of money. But she decided to go up in the Himalayan mountains and to minister in a health clinic, a clinic that was set, settled up in the mountains so that if someone got sick or someone uh, cut themselves or had an accident of some kind, they could go to the clinic and get help. If they had to go all the way down to the bottom of the Himalayas, they would have never made it. They would have never survived. But she went up to this clinic, and there she is, a highly trained, well-qualified young lady ministering in a small village, in a small clinic, helping the people around her in those Himalayan mountains. And there was a pastor visiting there, uh, up there, and he, 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 uh, he asked her, he said, why, why have you done this? And she said, well, I just want to do what God wants me to do with what he has given me. And what a prayer that is. I just want, Lord, please help me to do what you want me to do with what you have given me. When we give a faith promise, beloved, we are blessing other people. And sometimes it needs to start with the sacrifice of ourselves with this prayer. Lord, please help me to do what you want me to do with what you have given me. And when we begin with that frame of mind, then it doesn't matter what the afflictions are or what the, our, 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 our economic status is. It really doesn't matter. We can promise an offering. We can give an offering. And out of the afflictions and out of the poverty and out of the abundance of our joy, we can give even beyond our ability sometimes. We can give because we have first of all given ourselves and said, Lord, Please help me to do what you want me to do with what you've given me. And when we've prayed that prayer, then we have come to the place where God can really use us. I think sometimes God is going to do more through us than he does with us. Because that's just the way he works. But he first must start with a surrendered heart. Someone who says, Lord, I want to bless others. But first I give myself. I give myself to you. I give myself to my church. I will give myself sacrificially. I want to bless others. Father, as we bow before thee, we thank you that you have given us this privilege, this opportunity to give a faith promise offering so that people can see that our faith is real. So people are moved by the love of God they see in us and help us to love better and love more than we do. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us when we give.
all the blessings that you pour out upon us. And thank you for the privilege we have of blessing others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. You're always welcome at Antioch. If you desire more information, please go to AntiochBBC.org. That's AntiochBBC.org. God's best to you.